you're listening to Switchboard. This week's episode, Testing Times. Welcome to Switchboard, Varsity's podcast on CAMFM, where each week we interview interesting people around Cambridge to tell their stories. I'm Raphael Gorber-Hoffman, and this week we spoke to students and academics about unique aspects of Cambridge exams. First up, I spoke to Leo Lai, Senior Wrangler for 2016, and who is now studying for a PhD at Princeton University. The Senior Wrangler is the person at Cambridge who tops the mathematical tripos in any given year. I caught up with him earlier this week. Here's what he had to say. Oh, senior Wrangler, that's the person who gets the highest score in the part two math exam. And I only found out on the day when they read out all the names at the Senate House. Um, uh, that, that's when, when they read out the whole class list and they tip their head after reading the name of the senior wrangler. Whilst you were at Cambridge, was the senior wrangler something that you wanted to achieve when you set out in your degree, or was it just an added bonus? Uh, not really. It's an added bonus. I I, uh, I didn't never really intended to get the senior wrangler. The Cambridge um, maths tripos is, is known for being particularly difficult. Um, in your experience... Was that the case? I'm sure the, we cover more materials, some, somewhat more materials than other universities in mm. North America or UK. Right. But I think we were taught quite well. Right. Um, and the exams are mainly just about memorization. And uh, which college were you in uh, at Cambridge? Uh, Churchill. Churchill? Yeah. Right. Um, are you aware of any senior wranglers um, having been to Churchill uh, before, or was this a... Uh, yes, uh, almost 50 years ago was the last one, uh, yeah, around 1970. Right, so uh, what, what was it like to be the first uh, senior wrangler from Churchill in uh, quite a long time? I received uh, a some amount of congratulatory emails from the... Uh, uh, the higher ups, the administrators say, and uh, the previous senior regular actually contacted the college and invited me to a high table. Mm. Because my in my year when we were doing the whole referendum uh, class list, we published the, we thought it may be the last year that we have this tradition of reading out the class list. Right. And that's the only way to that's the only public announcement of the senior regular now. Oh, I see. That's very interesting. Um, I mean, I was also aware that there previously was an award for the person who finished bottom of the tripos was given a wooden spoon. Yes. Um, was that something that you were aware of? Like, is there anything like that still continue to exist now, or is it just the senior wrangler? Uh, it's just a senior wrangler, but it should be noted that people who got the wooden spoon still managed to pass the tripos back. Right. 
in the days when it was actually hard to pass the triples. Really As opposed good. to now, where almost everybody pass. Um, and so, what are you what are you doing now uh, that you've graduated? Uh, I am do, doing a PhD in Princeton. Oh right, fantastic! And so, is that is that a common route for? I've noticed quite a few uh, senior anglers uh, go go on to study in in the US after their degrees. Is that something that you're aware of? Uh, so, uh, most of the people on top of the class list would continued in academia. So do you uh, have, mm. Certainly for my area, uh, U.S. is a good place. Princeton, in particular, is a good place. All right, so are you studying a particular um, aspect of mathematics? Uh, I'm, working in, I'm working in algebraic number theory. So do you hope to pursue a career in, in academia in the long term? Uh, I, I, I certainly hope so. Right. Yeah, the competition is very high at this stage. When did you become aware of the position of... And that was Leo Lai speaking to me from Princeton on Skype earlier this week. Most senior anglers, as Leo noted, stay on at Cambridge for their master's degrees once they graduate, uh, with each person who obtains a first being granted an automatic place on the master's programme. This meant that I was able to speak in Cambridge with Jonathan Zhang, senior wrangler for 2017. And this is what he had to say. When did you become aware of the position of, of senior angler and kind of just briefly what does it kind of mean to you? Um, so I mean like like the idea of like the title senior angler is sort of like every math mode knows about it, like the person who comes first and third year. Um, I mean I got told my exam results by my DOS, so that's how I got told. I think personally it doesn't mean that much to me, like to me it's just this title that other people have bestowed. But I mean like you know, life still goes on, like I still have to work just as hard as everyone else. Um and also I think like not trying to make too much of it stops me from being arrogant and complacent and stuff in my work this year as well. It's definitely the tradition is and like the gossip is bigger than the actual relevance. Like I mean like there are no special concessions in lectures or anything like that. Like I mean the students like to talk about it a bit but like not anymore cuz it's been a long time since all that happened and there's a new set of exams rolling around to concentrate on. I mean maths at Trinity Cambridge is quite a prestigious um quite a prestigious thing. Um how how was how would you say the Trinity Maths experience perhaps differed from doing maths at other colleges? I mean, I can imagine ways in which it's different. Obviously, I've not studied at another college, so I can't really give a definitive answer. I think the biggest difference is that there's so many people at Trinity doing maths, so there's about 40 in my year, which is a lot bigger than any other cohort. So I think there's pluses and minus um, to that. I think the best benefit is that you know you have a lot of friends to talk to and to, like help each other out with work and stuff. But it can get quite competitive um, among the people. And there's this sort of expectation from the DOSs at Trinity that you're meant to do quite well. And I don't think that's always very helpful. I mean, the maths course at Cambridge is regarded as one of the most difficult of any undergraduate maths degree in the world. I mean, would you, how would you say... I mean, I know you haven't studied maths elsewhere, um, but are you kind of aware of that? Do you, would you say... You, did you, were you surprised by the level, or was it what you were kind of expecting coming into yeah, I, th- I don't. I wouldn't say I wasn't aware of it because, like, so I'm an international student from Australia, and I wouldn't have chosen to come here if it wasn't like a very good degree. So, like, yeah, there's like a bit of like, sort of like stories about this degree. Yeah, I think it was quite surprising. Um, like, I have friends in Australia who are also studying maths, and like, looking at their material, it is quite a lot, like, slower than what we do here. But I mean, like, they give you quite good teaching. Like, supervisions are really helpful for learning stuff, and that's a thing you don't get at every other university. 
I suppose one question is, a lot of the senior anglers in previous years seem to come from all around the world. Um, it seems to be a very international um, award now. I mean, would you say there are any advantages into coming into Cambridge with an international background when it comes to doing maths? I think the biggest advantage with international students is that quite a lot of them have had, like, competition experience in high schools, like contests. You might have heard of the Olympiads before. So um, I think that's probably the biggest difference because if you're an international student, like applying to Cambridge is quite difficult, I think, and it's also a lot of effort and expense. So you have to be like quite dedicated and quite. So like you have to have a very clear idea that maths is the thing you want to study. Mm. I think I was always good at maths. I mean, like if I wasn't, I wouldn't have studied at university. Like I enjoyed it. I f it was like quite natural to me. Um, and yeah, I did do quite a lot, but only in the sense that like. Like when you do further maths, it's quite a lot of maths compared to what some other A-level students do. Yeah, I did do Olympiads for Australia. Um, I think that was where I really got like thought that you know maybe I could do maths at a higher level because it was quite a bit more engaging and interesting than the stuff you do on A-level. How does that affect? How does that affect the awards? You think the fact that it has so much myth behind it? For me personally, it's just made me more amazed that like like I've gotten this in some sense because I just sort of think of myself as like a guy who does maths in Cambridge. And you read all these names like Maxwell and stuff on the Wikipedia page. I don't think the history means anywhere near as much anymore. Like, the exams are a lot more normal than they were back in the 19th century when all the processional stuff happened. And um, it's just more of like a ceremonial title than anything else. I think the fact that there's an entire term here, which is basically nothing except revision, that's quite unusual. Like having like, like I, my last lectures are, for instance, in March, and for two months straight we just revise. And I think that can I mean, it's a really long time to be doing nothing but pass papers and revision and stuff. Um, so I think that was the biggest challenge I faced. Uh, recently, this year, amongst undergraduates, about class list opt-out has become big news, with undergraduates now being given the opportunity to opt out of publicly uh, published class lists, should they wish to. Uh, and some people are saying that this development will mean in a few years' time, the abolition of class lists in general, because so many people will opt out. Do you think that this will result in the uh, retirement of the position of senior angler? And if so, um, what do you think about that? I don't, I don't really know what will happen to, like, if the class lists get abolished at some point. I mean, it's not very important anyway. Like, <laughs> whether or not you got senior angler or you just came first in the exam, like, nothing's changed, right? It's just a title that you've been given. Um, I think getting rid of class lists is probably a good thing, like overall, like for mental health of students. Like, I mean, it's not a great, like, you just put more pressure on yourself if you know that anyone can see your result rather than, like, being able to keep it private and stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, I suppose math, Cambridge degrees are all very intense, and maths is perhaps one of the most intense in terms of its, its difficulty. And you mentioned kind of people struggling with stress, mental health kind of thing. Was that something that you were aware of as being a problem among students in the math drive? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a really competitive time of the year and it's like a competitive degree and there's all this prestige around it which I don't think is helpful in terms of mental health. I think for me there were a few things that I did that helped me cope quite a bit. So for instance, um, like getting into a routine when I was revising, so like trying to like do a moderate amount of work each day rather than like doing it in like spurts and valleys. Um, and also trying to get enough sleep, trying to control when I wake up, when I go to bed. Um, and also just like taking breaks throughout the day. Like all of that was like really important for me in keeping my mental health. And also like the second thing was um, uh, making sure I did stuff outside of work. So for instance, I play quite a lot of college sport and I go to church on Sundays and stuff like that. So um, yeah, just like keeping grounded um, in those sort of external work things like kept me in a good state of mind. Like it, rem it reminded me that work 
isn't the only thing that exists during this time of year, and that's quite helpful as well. I think it's also just important to remember, like, exams are a way of demonstrating how much you've learned and not a way of grading your worth as a human being. And there's, like, an important distinction there because, like, when you think that exams, like, getting a first is the only thing that matters to you, then, like, that's when you start thinking unhealthily about things in general. That was Jonathan Zhang speaking to me earlier this week. Now, one of the more bizarre Cambridge traditions was the position of the wooden spoon, awarded to the person who finished bottom of the tripos that year. Wooden spoons are in fact still held at the colleges of St John's, Selwyn and Corpus Christi. To find out more about this, Switchboard reached out to Dr Chris Stray of Swansea University, who is an expert in the history of the Cambridge spoons. Switchboard correspondent Abdullah Shah reports his findings with extracts from Dr Stray's journal article on the subject. The phrase, the wooden spoon, is familiar all over the English-speaking world as a jokingly critical or self-critical label for outstandingly poor performance. It has been applied to ministers whose voting record in Parliament is exceptionally poor and to the rugby team at the bottom of league table results. Indeed, the wooden spoon charity was founded in the 1980s after the England rugby team performed exceptionally badly. The title of Wooden Spoon, like that of Senior Wrangler, emerged in the early 1790s at a time when the Senate House examination was becoming ever more rigorous and the route to a degree via social status was being blocked, leaving intellectual merit as the sole criterion. Indeed, in 1804, after Clare College had provided the spoon for three years in a row, a large spoon was left at the college gate and this began the physical manifestation of the title. It has been suggested that this was a malting shovel and that this implied drunkenness as a reason for the spoon's feeble performance in the examination. In fact, in 1888, an article on the wooden spoon appeared in the Cambridge Review. Tongue firmly in cheek, the anonymous author argued that it was harder to become the spoon than the senior wrangler. The senior wrangler had only to build a huge pile of facts, while it, like a child's sandcastle, while the spoon had to regulate his material with great skill one mark more or less, and he would miss the church position. But the tradition of the wooden spoon no longer exists today, and the last spoon of all, that of 1909, was given to a member of St. John's College. Fittingly, since St. John's was in the 18th and 19th centuries, the greatest mathematical college in Cambridge, and despite being considerably outnumbered by Trinity, still managed to produce more senior wranglers than its rival. In 1907, it had been decided to abandon the long-established numerical ranking of candidates. This effectively abolished both the bottom of the tripos list, the spoon, and the top, the senior wrangler, and Cuthbert Lempriere Holt House of St. John's was on the 22nd of June, 1909, the last spoon of all. This helps to explain why this spoon is the largest and grandest of its kind. It is painted in the scarlet colour of the Lady Margaret Boat Club, of which Holdhouse was a keen member. Along with the college arms and the club boat club motto, it bears a Greek inscription announcing, in translation, In honours mathematical, this is the very last of all the wooden spoons which you see here. O oh, you who see it, shed a tear. Mathematics was not the only tripos to have awards for the lowest marks. When the classical tripos was first examined in 1824, it too had three classes of honours. The lowest score in the third class in that year was that of Hensley Wedgwood, a member of the famous pottery family, and related to the Darwins. 
in his honor, the position was named the wooden wedge. So maybe a spoon isn't so bad after all. That was Switchboard correspondent Abdullah Shah reporting extracts of Dr. Chris Stray's journal article on the Cambridge wooden spoons. Dr. Chris Stray is an academic at Swansea University. Thank you to all our interviewers this week for provi- providing their perspectives on testing times. That's all we've got time for this episode, but remember that Switchboard is available online as a podcast on camfm.co.uk, SoundCloud and iTunes, where you can download all our episodes from last term. This has been, this has been Switchboard with Varsity and CamFM. If you have any interesting stories from around Cambridge, please email us at switchboard at varsity.co.uk. And also remember to tune in soon. We won't be here next week, but we'll be the week after reporting on Cambridge May balls. I'm Rafa Kulpoffman. Thank you for listening.